Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. and Amy on KMOX. Before we went to break, mentioned a new production that is touring the country, and I am, I could not be more fascinated by this. Amy even mentioned it in the office one day a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Did you hear about this thing that's happening? And uh, yes, so there is happening at Stiefel Theater February 24th. It is a one-night-only show. It is the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra, Mm -hmm. and it's a production of Brahms and Radiohead, and there is a mashup of some kind. I don't really know what to expect. Specifically, Brahms Symphony Number no. 1 and OK Computer. OK Computer oh from Radiohead. Gosh. Just an unbelievable album. And joining us to talk about it is the creator and conductor, Steve Heckman, on the Quiver River Electric guest line. Steve, thank you for joining us this morning. Man, if I knew this was going to be a Quiver River day, yeah, I would have been up earlier. This is amazing. Dude. You guys are incredible. You have no idea how popular Quiver River is around these parts. <laughs> I need all the swag when I come to St. Louis. send you, you some. You know, this is, uh, Steve, you'll probably appreciate this, but <laughs> did you know there used to be like a trail race? In the Quiver River, and it was called the Quivering Quads Race, and I guess they thought it was too racy, like what? too scandalous. Quivering Quads? <laughs> okay. Wow. Well, scandal is very much uh, a topic of conversation with this Brahms Radiohead thing. <laughs> so what what should people expect here? What what exactly is, and I, I've heard just a little bit from, you know, YouTube videos of of what the production is. Explain it to people what you're doing. Absolutely. Uh, this is this is going to be Radiohead's album, OK Computer, seen through the lens of Brahms. So it's a, it's a reimagination of that album, um, and it's of course a reimagination of the Brahms First Symphony. Um, it explores what musical, thematic, and emotional commonalities they have. Um, but from a kind of a production standpoint, it's the St. Louis Symphony, of course, playing in all its glory. And then there are three vocalists that are traveling with me to to deliver and sing the lines of Radiohead. Um, sometimes as you know them from the album, I mean, sometimes we hear orchestral renditions of these songs with Brahms's, you know, melodies and themes laid over top, but sometimes it's a thorough reimagining of Radiohead's music really, you know, again, using Brahms's harmonies and Brahms's motives. So kind of every possibility of combining these is sort of explored within this symphonic soundscape. This whole idea of synthesizing music, more modern music like Radiohead or Beyonce with classical composers. This was all your vision. Like this is something you created, you saw and were able to make happen. Well, that's true. And and that's because this has been my life. And this performance is going to be really special because there are several players in the St. Louis Symphony that I went to school with uh, when I was at the Curtis Institute of Music. And, you know, by day I was studying counterpoint and composition and, of course, conducting. And, you know, at night I was playing in clubs. I was writing my own music. I was listening to Radiohead. And at that time, I felt sort of like the outlier. 
But, you know, as kind of as the music industry has changed, as streaming changed everything, I think we all realize that we're all pretty eclectic and we we all have these far ranging musical interests. And it's always been sort of my mission ever since I was in school, feeling like the odd one out to create this bridge between the vast and substantial and incredible popular music world that can be so creative as exemplified by Radiohead and the classical music world that I love so much that I've always wanted to introduce my friends to. Uh, Johnny Greenwood is lead guitar and he's keyboard in Radiohead and he's also a composer himself. He's done uh, musical scores for film. Um, so it, it seems like, okay, well, here is a guy who is an actual composer and you're mashing up with a real composer in Brahms. How did you, so it seems like a natural marriage, but how in, in your head, did you hear those two, those two artists together and think, okay, that that's what fits. And this is the, what I want to explore. Well, I would say this was one of my first large-scale attempts at, at fusing a classical uh, symphonic work and an album. You know, I had done some smaller scale, like, you know, single movement things or single piece, you know, um, co- compositions. And part of it was, you know, I've got a running list on both sides of the, the symphonic works that I think are essential to introduce new audiences to, and then, and then albums on the, class, on the popular side that I think would be befitting of this kind of treatment. Radiohead's always been at the top of the list. So from the very beginning, I was looking for that opportunity to, you know, show this connection between Radiohead and classical music. The Brahms First Symphony is one of incredible tension and anxiety. Um, he, He was wound up so tight, he wanted to prove himself as a composer. And so you feel um, that, that sense of angst in that symphonic work, especially the first movement, Radio, uh, Radiohead's OK Computer is an angsty album. Mm. I mean, they are, they are very much expressing, you know, how disconcerted they are with, with the world and the digital era that, that we were entering at that time. And so that just from the emotional kind of thematic standpoint makes them very sort of um, ripe for this kind of treatment. What about just the, I guess you call it the brilliance of Tom York, the style, whether it be the notes that they're hitting, the succession in which they play them. It, as you mentioned, it has angst, it has tension, but it also feels like something rather exploratory. Does that Radiohead itself and the way the style is so intense and engaging lend itself well to orchestral music, which also has all of that emotions, all of those emotions built into it. Well, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you you put it so well. I mean, as as time has gone on, I've undertaken um, combinations that seem um, more and more unlikely. But in the beginning, you know, like I said, this was at the very beginning. I chose Radiohead because musically they can stand next to Brahms. I mean, they're they're full of substance, of counterpoint, rich, rich harmonies, you know, um, complex rhythmic figures. I mean, they, they've got it all. And of course, at that time, we didn't know that they were, you know, a member of the band was this was going to be this prolific film composer in Johnny Greenwood. And then Tom York, you know, in his solo career has also done amazing artistic things. So, you know, it's no accident. But yeah, they 
they really work musically as well, um, in addition to the thematic uh, similarities that I mentioned. Yeah, I remember when uh, Kid A came out like 24, 25 years ago, and I didn't really understand it. It's one of those albums that you hear, and it didn't sound like anything. And there, I don't know that anything has sounded like it since. And I remember having a conversation with a friend who's a very musically inclined, and he said, no, trust me, this is... This is good. It's like 15 years ahead of, of of when it should be coming out. And as time went on, I got it. I don't know a lot about Brahms. Was he, as a composer, was he like that, considered that at all? Somebody who was a, a, ahead of where he should have been in time? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, so Brahms was quite a traditionalist. You compare him, you know, he's a contemporary of Wagner. And Wagner would be more like the Radiohead, um, whereas, you know, Brahms, he, he, he was really looking backward much more than looking forward. However, this first symphony of his was a landmark um, symphonic work. And, and the way he did uh, sort of pioneer within the structure of the symphony with this piece. So in ways it was looking forward. Um, but that's actually a contrast between the two. And when I'm talking, uh, when I talk about the work, I also, I, I often mention how Radiohead was looking forward um, in other ways too. Again, they were looking forward. They were looking at the world that, that again, that we were entering in the digital age, you know, this rampant consumerism and this like Uber connectivity, but yet we're all isolated and they were expressing their anxiety about that. Whereas Brahms, was looking backwards. He was always he was always feeling kind of overshadowed by Beethoven, and and he was expressing again his his anxiety over that in in, in his music. So I I know you didn't get Brahms endorsement. That's impossible. <laughs> um, did does Radiohead know about this? Do you have to get their blessing? How does that work? And if they have heard of it, what do they think? Um, yes and yes. We absolutely wow. need their blessing for it. Um, I remember it was a it was a pretty big moment for me when um, my my agent got who's very close with their management. Um, this is years ago, of course, but he got the piece to Radiohead, and I sort of I sort of knew the exact hour when the band was going to like click on the YouTube link and like watch it. Now, I don't know how much of it they watched, but you guys might know that they're notoriously pretty stingy with their copyrights. I mean, yeah. you would expect them to be so. They're, they're the most creative band we've seen in decades, you know, or, or, or one of them, certainly. And so they're protective over that, um, over what they've created, and rightly so. So for them to give it their blessing uh, meant so much to me. Steve, I with your just whole, um, I guess, breadth of knowledge when it comes to music, you mentioned Radiohead being forward-looking, Brahms being backwards-looking at, you know, a traditionalist in that sense. Um, when you look at the future of music as a whole, are you optimistic about it? Are you cynical about it? Do you think music is improving, or do you think we're somehow reducing to... Um, the lowest common denominator. I'm incredibly optimistic, you know, because I think we, you know, it's everything is available to us and people can, you know, they're free to discover. And I mean, I think 
I think people, of course, they those that are sort of creatively minded and those that are lovers of music are finding those channels um, to discover new music, to to discover music of alternate alternative genres, etc. And those access points are becoming, um, I think, greater and greater. Um, now, the problem is the the lowest common denominator, as you refer to it, you know, is is becoming more and more of a juggernaut as sort of the commercial mechanism behind music is more and more leaning into like um, the j- just those top artists and just those those top sort of monetizable you know songs or you know whatever you want to call it. So it is that kind of you you feel that battle between the two, but. I don't know. I think creativity is going to win out. And especially as a classical musician, I mean, it's some of the data out there as far as like, you know, Gen Gen Z adopting classical music and becoming curious about these, these genres that you just would not think they'd be drawn to is, is very promising. And that excites me. And that, that tells me that people are thirsty for authenticity and creativity. Steve, very much looking forward to this show. It is such an intriguing concept, and I know you've, you've done uh, something similar with the Beatles uh, years ago, and so I, I, I can't imagine this won't be good. Really looking forward to it. Thank you for giving us your time today and, and talking about this show. Oh, Thank you guys for having me. This, is, this has been great. I can't wait to get to St. Louis and, and work with that incredible world-class orchestra. Like I said, lots of friends there, and I've been looking forward to working with them for a long time. That is Steve Hackman, creator and conductor of Brahms Radiohead. Again, it's at the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra, or it's with the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra. It's happening at Stiefel Theater, February 24th. The show is at 7.30, and tickets are on sale now at slso.org. Totally intrigued by this. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 